I've got the post trip, <laughs> no longer on vacation. Now I'm at home, blue. Oh boy, you should stick to your day job. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 234. Believe it or not, and you can look it up, Miami has never recorded a temperature above 100 degrees Fahrenheit. It's not the heat, it's the humidity. Sometimes when I return from a trip, I'm just a little bummed out, and so I don't actually unpack my backpack for over a week. No matter how long it takes me to unpack my backpack, there's actually a few items that I never even take out of my backpack. Some of those things are like earplugs, eye mask, I have two little Lucky Charms, headphone splitters, a travel towel, and I want to know what are some of the items that never make it out of your suitcase or your backpack, things that you keep in to be ready for your next trip so you don't forget them. You can let me know at Pack of Peanuts. And no matter where I'm traveling, I'm always using my Tortuga backpack. And that's the best backpack out there, the one that I recommend that goes all over the world with me. And if you're looking for a great travel backpack, head on over to tortugabackpacks.com. And don't forget to use the promo code EPOP, that's E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that will get you 10% off your entire order. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is the green smoothie maker extraordinaire, my wife and usually constant but not always travel companion, Heather. (laughs) That's a pretty funny introduction. I was not expecting that. Well, I just had a green smoothie sitting here next to me right before we recorded this podcast, and uh, it was delicious, and you're getting pretty good at making those green smoothies. (laughs) Well, thank you. They don't taste like you're eating vegetables. That's the key. Yeah, absolutely. Just a little burst of energy for the podcast. A little burst of energy, and we're going to need some energy because today we're talking about the blues. Nice segue. The post- the post travel, no longer on vacation. I'm at home blues. I've got the blues. And we're going to give you 14 ways to beat the post trip blues. And if you're someone who's traveled before, you probably know what I'm talking about because a lot of people get these blues when they come home. You go on a vacation, you love it, or, or a long term trip, whether it's short or long, it doesn't matter. You go away, you have a lot of fun, you come home, and, and you're depressed. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, you know, I kind of wish I wasn't at home. And maybe you're even a little happy. Like sometimes it is a little bit of a sense of relief coming home, but you don't always have that same energy and that same feeling as when you're traveling. And this just happened to both of us. We, You were in Miami and I was in Chicago for our solo adventures, which we're going to do a podcast about. We just came home two days ago and we're kind of, I don't know, I feel a little bluesy, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you know, you're 
back into the regular grind, getting work done, even though we love our work and it's fun. But, you know, we have some stuff going on at the house that we have to deal with. And that's no fun. So, yeah, you just you get come back from a trip and you get thrown back into real life. Yeah. And real life. We've got, you know, the real life blue. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you 14 ways that we recommend and, and things that we do when we come back to kind of keep that spirit alive and to, and to keep that trip alive and to really keep your I, I just want to say like your energy up but also just your outlook on life right this is a little abstract and um we're gonna rattle them off and these are things as you mentioned that we do as well um some very well and all the time and some not as well and we'll kind of tell you about our experience with each of them so no longer let, let's get rid of these blues right the post I've got the post trip, no longer on vacation. Now I'm at home, blue. Oh boy, you should stick to your day job. So here we go. Number one, I think this is really important. Take some real time to sit and reflect on your trip. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't do this. You know, uh, maybe you come back on a Sunday night and all of a sudden Monday morning hits and you're already at work and you don't ever even get time to reflect and really think about how this might change you. And we talk a lot on this podcast, travel can be transformative, not just for the time where you're traveling, but also for your life as a whole. Yeah. And I think this is something that you in particular are really good at. You really like to come back and reflect and write things down and, you know, do whatever it is that you enjoy doing. And how you want to, yeah, however you want to reflect, we're going to give you some advice on maybe how to do that. But I think it's just important to be still for a little bit. And if you do come home on a Sunday, you know, so I would say, oh, come home a day before you have to go back to work to give yourself some time to reflect, but then you're cutting into your trip. So I mean, you know, there's that fine line there. But if you can, even if you do have to go back to work or back to your regular life right away, you know, find some space, find some time. Maybe it's you wake up early before work. Maybe it's after work. It doesn't have to be a whole day, but just sit, be still. And just enjoy it, like let it soak in because I do think a lot of people's thoughts and ideas and perspectives do change when they travel and we're all about that. And that's, you know, it's travel has changed our lives 180 degrees and our perspective is so different. But if you don't take time to reflect on it, you might miss a little bit of that. Yeah. I mean, every travel is a learning experience. You know, even the recent trip that we just did, we traveled separately and we'll talk about that and, you know, how, things that we learned about ourselves when we were solo traveling. And one of the ways we're going to reflect is on a podcast, <laughs> and that'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks, of lessons that we learned from our solo travel because each of us has had very distinct, different trips and, you know, it, it, it changed us in different ways. So we're going to be talking about that in a future podcast. One of the ways that you can reflect, and this is number two then, is to document the trip in some way. So I always like to reflect on it, like just think about it, not even take time to do anything concrete. But after that, then start to document it. And you can do this through a blog. Um, if you have a blog, you can do it through like a journal. It doesn't have to be for other people to read. And I actually have a thing called a ticket stub diary, which is now, again, do as we say, not as we do, <laughs> about two years behind. But I always collect stuff. Yeah, he has bags of, you know, ticket stubs or plane tickets or sometimes hotel key cards, just random things. I love hotel things. key cards. So... You definitely like organizing those to remember a trip. Yeah, it's like a little scrapbooking thing. But again, I'm way, way, way behind. And so I have these little uh, sandwich baggies of each trip. So they're organized. But yeah, we're talking about almost two years behind. So whatever it is, you know, that you like to do, 
try to document it in some way because this is going to help weeks, months in the future, you know, and it, it also just helps looking back because you kind of forget about your trip. It's always nice to be able to reminisce. And that kind of brings us then to number three. Something that I usually do or like to do. I mean, I don't know if I like to do it, but it's a necessary evil. And that is organize your pictures. So that can be a daunting task, especially in the digital age when you take thousands of photos on your phone alone, not to mention any type of camera you might have. But it's really important to organize your photos so that you can reflect back on your trip later. Or if you want to print some out in the future, you have gone through the ones and deleted the junk ones. And it's just a good way to organize. Except we never delete the junk ones. No, we have, I do sometimes. Okay. We have tens of thousands of pictures sitting on hard drives and external hard drives. But we did recently just go through. This was more Heather than myself. And as we're sitting here in EPOP headquarters in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, right behind me is a gallery wall where we printed out about eight to 10 of our best pictures and put them up on a wall. And that was really neat because we took about a day and a half, not a full day and a half, but we took time to go through a lot of our pictures and pick out maybe 50 contenders. And then we brought our friends over and said, like, which ones do you like the most? It was just kind of neat because we've got stuff from Florence, from South Africa, from Myanmar, from Croatia, you know, from Bali. So pictures of all the travels. But that's always fun if they're a little more organized, at least in folders. You know, we're not crazy where we go and then like name each picture. No, 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 no. They still are like DSC 1297. So no, we don't, we're not crazy like that we I mean we take way too many pictures to do something like that and I think probably nowadays a lot of people take way too many because it's so easy to snap them but organize go back organize them because then it's all really easy to look back especially if you want to print them out or just show people and um, speaking of showing people this is number four and uh, this is really important and took a while for us to learn and that's don't worry that 99% of people aren't as excited as you are about your trip. <laughs> and hopefully it's not 99%, but typically, I mean, maybe you have better, not better, but maybe you have friends and family who more are more interested. More interested. We learned this, you know, people ask you, of course, how'd your trip go? And then you probably start just like spouting. gushing, yeah, yeah. Gushing, like a fire hose. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they get bored. They're not really that interested in it. They just want, you know, a typical response like, oh, it was great. And then they move on to talk about, I don't know, their boring job. Is that a little mean? But sometimes that is the way that it happens. And it's like, okay, well, I'm as interested about your job and work life as you are about my trip. So I guess we're even. <laughs> right. And it's not that, you know, they're not quote unquote interested. It's that when people can't relate to something, it's hard to stay interested for a long time. And obviously, you're going to be talking about it and talking about things that maybe they haven't seen or, you know, maybe they haven't even ever traveled outside the country before or traveled at all. So or maybe just, they just, yeah, they don't care about it. You know, yeah, a lot right. of people it's, don't care about travel. I mean, I don't know why not, but right. Some I would guess just, that <laughs> most people listening of this do, yeah. but there's a whole lot of people out there who don't. And I kind of equate this to, and uh, you know, um, as a way, like when people say to me, like, when I ask them how their kid's doing and then they start talking to me about their kids like I definitely care about their kids and I want to know about it but after a little while you say okay like you know that you know your interest wanes so don't worry that a lot of people aren't going to be as excited as you are because for a while like people would ask and then we'd be gushing we'd be gushing and then and well to be fair we travel extensively so you know yeah, our friends and family <laughs> have had to put up with this gushing quite a bit. Yeah. 
Um, but then, you know, you would just, you would expect people to be really excited and they were. And so this just took us a little while to get used to and that's totally fine and it's going to be normal. So if that happens to you, don't worry about that. It's normal. It's fine. Um, there's probably stuff that your friends and family are talking about that you're not as interested in as well. So just kind of accept that that's going to happen, which leads us to number five. Find other travelers. So this can be other travelers that you already know, like your friends, or it can be a group of people or something like that. But I know with our group of friends, there are we have friends who travel a lot. Well, those are the friends that we talk to about our travels and then reciprocate and ask about their travels too, because we're interested and, you know, we want to hear all about their trips. So that is kind of like know your audience type of situation, because if you have friends who travel, then they're obviously going to care about your trip and vice versa. And then that makes it, you know, a little bit more exciting to talk about. Yeah, so when you're going to gush, gush to people who do care. <laughs> like-minded. Right? Yeah, like-minded folks. And I was I was sitting in Chicago and um, a guest who's actually going to come on the podcast, a really neat guy, Kevin, who I met there, um, we were talking about it and he said, you know, we can only really talk, I can only really talk about this with other travelers because we would sit out at lunch and we talk about living in Japan because both of us lived in Japan. And we talk for like two hours. If anyone else was listening and they hadn't lived in Japan, they, they would be bored. Yeah, they'd be yeah. bored out of their mind. So it's really neat to talk with like-minded folks. So find your friends that do travel or even some that maybe don't travel as much, but are at least interested in it. And that isn't to say, again, not to tell everyone about your trip, but just be aware that some people's eyes are going to glaze over. And when someone's eyes don't glaze over, then have fun with it and make sure to ask them about their trips as well. I have a tendency to just talk a lot. Oh, really? Hard to believe. Center of attention over here. So a lot of times I have to pull back and I've actually worked on this. You know, it's like personal development here. <laughs> I've pulled back and I've just stopped you know, talking about my trip or whatever about traveling overall for a little bit and just made sure I was asking other people questions. I know it's what people usually learn and like as a four-year-old, <laughs> I'm starting to learn as a 33-year-old. So definitely find other travelers, whether that's your friends. And then that brings us to number six. And if you don't have a lot of friends that travel or you just want to surround yourself with other like-minded folk, join a group of people who do get excited about traveling. You can use a ton of resources now. Um, you can go to meetup.com. has a bunch of travel groups like in cities and areas all over the world. Um, there's a ton of Facebook groups out there. So if you travel to a certain area, you could stay in contact. Like, for example, there's a huge Chiang Mai digital nomad Facebook group that I'm a part of. And so I don't live in Chiang Mai now, but we've traveled through Chiang Mai a lot. And a lot of those people... They're expats, so they travel a lot from Chiang Mai, whether they live there or not. So you can join Facebook groups of other travelers. Um, you can join like communities. like We have a community called Location Indie, which some of you might uh, are a part of and some of you may have heard of. And that's to help people become location independent. But everyone is there because inherently they want to be location independent, which means they want to travel, whether it's all the time or a little bit. So find a group of people who do get excited because you're probably going to find some like, it's going to sound weird, some really good friends that way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, having Facebook groups, I think is really cool. And I mean, everybody, most people go on Facebook. So that's like a really easy place to start. Yeah. And meetup.com does a lot of in person. I mean, that's the point of it. It's, you know, you're, you're online and they tell you where to go, but you meet up in person. Like there's a Philly travel group. There's a bunch of Philly travel groups and I actually haven't ever gone to them. So again, do as I say, not as I do. But there have been times where I thought I should get, I just want to be around other travelers. So that might be something you want to look at. It might seem weird, you know, to meet other people that you haven't met the first time, but you're probably going to find, you're going to hit off right away if you're like-minded. And if you both like to travel, you're probably very similar in a lot of your ideals and values and things like that. 
Number seven, this is a fun one, I think. Attempt to make a food from that country or area that you visited. And you know what? Surprisingly enough, even Travis, who doesn't really cook or enjoy cooking, when he came home from Israel, he was fired up about his trip because he went to Israel with two chefs and they just ate so much amazing food and they cooked a lot. So he came home and he's like, I'm going to make this dish for you. And he was really excited about doing it. And it was so fun. And it really made me feel a part of his trip, even though I wasn't there with him in Israel. So I think that's an excellent way to come home and embrace the trip and the culture that you've just experienced. Yeah. And even if you are traveling, as Heather mentioned, without a spouse or without your roommate, like someone who's really close to you that you might spend a lot of time with, you might go on a trip without them. And it was interesting for me to come back from that trip to Israel because it was the first time I had traveled solo and you hadn't gone on a trip for an extended period of time. And I was really, really excited about it. And I know you were excited for me. But again, did you feel that way? Like you couldn't, even though you travel quite a bit, it was a little hard for you to relate to my excitement and visual because you've never seen it. Right. And I mean, you were incredibly excited when you came back from this trip. I mean, you just had the best time and you were explaining. I mean, he came home. He got a map out that he'd gotten, you know, of Tel Aviv. And he's like literally explaining every little part of the city that he explored. And, you know, he his, he was very enthusiastic and that was Might have really, went a little overboard. Well, no, but it was really interesting for me because I felt more a part of the experience. So you can do lots of different things, you know, to bring home that excitement. Yeah. And the, the food is always a fun one. Not many people are going to turn down the opportunity to eat like, a, you know, a food that you prepare. Well, unless you're a really bad cook, maybe people will shy away. But even Heather would eat my cooking. And, you know, I made something really easy called labne, which is just a... You don't even have to cook it, but it's just like a yogurt cheese kind of dip um, that was really easy to make. But I was excited about it. I went out, had to buy cheesecloth and like a cheese. Yeah, you know, like it's just kind of neat because you're bringing it home. And you can likewise bring stuff home from a country, maybe not like like food, but like spices that can help you with that stuff. Because that might, quote unquote, force you to do it. Like I brought home spices and I thought, well, I should probably use these on something. So it can be something as easy as that as well. What you could do too, number eight, along these lines, is implement a part of your trip in your everyday lifestyle. So we talked about food, and maybe you're not all going to come home and then just solely cook Israeli food for the next couple months, although that would be awesome because I put on <laughs> 10 pounds in Israel in 10 days. Um, but there's a lot of other things that you could do. Yeah. I mean, when you go to a new place, you experience their cultures and their traditions. And that could be lots of different things, you know, yoga, meditation, getting up to watch a sunrise, you know, language learning, anything like that. You know, something that resonated with you when you were on your trip, you can just implement that when you get back home. Yeah, and I think a lot of people will go on a trip. Let's take Bali, for example. We've traveled there quite a bit. And a lot of yogis will go to Bali because it's, you know, the spiritual yoga center, this area. And they'll do yoga every day there and they'll love it. And then they'll come home and be like, oh, well, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do yoga every day. And typically you could. I mean, you wouldn't even have to go to a yoga studio. You could do it in your house. But there's a lot of stuff and I find myself doing this, I do a lot of stuff when I travel that then when I come back, I don't do. Like stuff that I want to do. You know, maybe it is getting up early. Like, oh, we're in this awesome area. Let's go watch the sunrise. Well, there's probably some pretty cool sunrises everywhere you are. I mean, the sunrise is every part of the earth, believe it or not. And so you could go and do that. And so there's a lot that I do when I'm traveling that then I 
don't always bring back home. But I think that there's a lot of lessons that we can learn from that, you know, like just implementing stuff that you enjoy more into your everyday life and trying to make it a part of your life. And you mentioned language learning. I think that's a great one. And that's a great way to keep the travel momentum going is let's say you were in Mexico and you come home and you want to continue practicing your Spanish. Well, either get a Spanish teacher or join, you know, a lot of places will have lessons, get, take some group Spanish lessons. So then you're not only meeting other travelers, but you're meeting other people who are teaching Spanish, who probably have some really interesting stories to tell. So again, then you're finding that group around a passion that you have. And typically most people will be pretty interesting because they're learning because they like to travel for some certain reason. So yeah, um, that's a great point. Yeah. And again, do as we say, not as we do, because language learning. Um, Ugh, we're the worst. Yeah. We just, we speak English kind of well, <laughs> somewhat well. I don't even know if kind of well is good uh, English there. Um, Number nine, find a good book or movie about the country and just kind of immerse yourself in it, you know, like delve into that book and just enjoy reading about it and or watching a movie that's about the country you just visited. Yeah, I typically love to do this. Not Not as much before. I don't know. I think there's kind of two types of people, the people who love to do a ton, a ton of research before they go and know a bunch about a country or an area. Which isn't us, Which usually. isn't really us. I mean, I get excited to go, but I specifically try not to learn everything because I want to be somewhat surprised. But when I come home, I usually get yeah. obsessed. It's like I, backwards for us. I don't know why. It's like either during the actual physical trip or as soon as we get home, you know, we want to learn even more about the place that we've just yeah, visited. Yeah, I'll pull up like maps. I'll be reading the wiki travel pages. <laughs> I'll be trying to get my hands on like good fiction or even some nonfiction. Um, and that usually happens because when I'm on the trip, I get really, really excited. So we'll start doing it a lot on the trip to the point that we sometimes have to have to pull ourselves away from our yeah. computer. Like, Believe it or not, Travis is slightly obsessive and enthusiastic about lots of things in life, including new destinations. So yeah, he can get a little bit intense. Yeah, there's times where I have to say, all right, get off the computer, stop like researching this and actually just go out and do it, you know, why we're at the destination. Um, but when you come home is a great time to, yeah, start learning more about the area you did. Again, whether that's through fiction, nonfiction, movies, whatever. But it's really neat because what I love about traveling, and this sounds like a silly little part of traveling, but I, I love being able to watch a movie or read a book and know what they're talking about. Yeah, that is a really cool feeling. Or yeah, when you see something up on the TV and you're like, oh, I know exactly where that is. Or I've been to that exact spot. It's pretty cool. Or you see it in a magazine and it's like, oh yeah, I've been there. You know, it's such a cool feeling. Yeah, you don't want to tell everyone else you're with that you've been there because we learned that the hard way. People are like, yeah. oh, really? like we haven't met it in a cocky way but we'll be like oh yeah that was cool when we were there and we'll start talking to people like oh okay <laughs> so now heather and i just try to keep it amongst ourselves yeah. while we're watching stuff um uh, what you can also do talking about coming back home and this is a, a really important one that i think gets lost and i personally both of us actually have have tried to do a lot more of this and that is to take mini trips around where you are and they can literally be mini like an hour or half an hour getting out at your lunch break and going on a bike ride or walking around a park that's across the street that you never go to because you sit you know in inside all the time whatever it is you know these big trips are great and whether you're going on a one week one or you're going for months you know people listening run the gamut of how long they travel and can travel for but when you get back to your home area 
take these mini trips. You know, I bike down to Philadelphia from our house now quite a bit. It's about 30 miles, 25 miles. And I've only started doing it in the last year, but I've done it probably 10, 15 times. And I'll take different routes. And I'll just get on my bike and then I'm down in the city. And yeah, I've been to Philly a lot, but on a nice day, like it just, it, it gives me that same feeling as when I'm traveling because I'm just out in the world exploring new areas. Yeah. And you know, it's funny when we just got home from our most recent trips, you know, it was Monday and it was actually our anniversary. So we're like, well, hey, why don't we go out for lunch? And we ended up going literally to the sa- one of the same restaurants we go to all the time. And you made the comment like, this is really funny that we just came from two cities where, you know, we tried all these new places. And then as soon as we get home, we go to like the same restaurant we go to every other week. And that is fun and that is good and that's comforting and you know you want to eat something that you love. But I think you tend to in your hometown do a lot of the same things. And especially if you live near a big city like we do, there are so many new restaurants all the time. And I think it's just important to explore because you can have a lot of culture even in the area that you live in. Yeah, it. you're right. It can be as simple as just saying, I'm going to go to a new restaurant. And um, something that I've always wanted to do and have not done. And now I guess I have to get out and do it. And maybe I'll do it um, when we talk about the next little tip. And and we'll get to that in a second. Is take a walking tour of Philadelphia. Because we love walking tours. We've done them. What would you say? Maybe 10 plus walking tours in cities around the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've done Bratislava. We've done Berlin. We've done Prague. We've done Mm -hmm. all these cities. Vienna, we did... Sarajevo. Yeah. I mean, whenever we get into cities, we're always like, let's go on a free walking tour, which is a great tip, by the way. There's tons of free walking tours, and then you tip the guide, which is just a fun way to do it. Um, But we've never actually then done it in either New York. No, we did do it in New York once. We did a speakeasy tour. We did a speakeasy tour. A long time ago, though. We didn't do the free walking tour. We are going to take EPOP uh, listener Matt up on his... He runs a walking tour of New York. We're going to take him up on it eventually. But we haven't ever done one of Philadelphia. We've never done a walking tour of Philadelphia. We could leave our house right now, be in Philadelphia <laughs> in 45 minutes and be on a walking tour. All right, let's go. Um, yeah, drop, drop the mic. The mic. <laughs> um, but we haven't. So there's there's so much things you can do. Um, yeah, and whether it's a short weekend trip, whether it's literally a day trip or even just an hour trip or going to a new restaurant, just try to bring that back to you and take these mini trips, which then helps when number 11 happens. Invite friends and family to come visit you and show them around. And that means like around your area. It doesn't mean like if you're traveling extensively for like two months or something, although you can do that too, because when Travis' parents and sister came to visit us in Japan, that was a ton of fun when we lived there. But no, just like in the place where you live, you can have people come and then you're like the tour guide, which is so fun. We love doing this in Philly. And, you know, before we traveled so much, people would come and visit. I mean, not not often, but when they did, it's like, well, we didn't know what to do because we didn't really travel a lot. We didn't we didn't research know Philly a lot. that we didn't well know before Philly we started well. traveling away from it. And then we're like, well, then when we lived in Japan, so many of our friends that we taught with wanted to come and visit us in the U.S. So we had a lot of people we're coming like, uh, to we Philadelphia. We better figure out what to do in Philadelphia and get to know the city better. Yeah, which is so much fun because it forces you to do it. And then when people come, you can just, you know, play a tour guide and take them to your favorite spots or really cool, interesting restaurants or bars or parks or the oldest 
continuously residential street in the United States. Oh, Freth Sally, very in fun. Philadelphia. So, I mean, that's a really fun, exciting thing that you can do anytime, um, very easily, relatively inexpensively, or if not free. Yeah. And it just it gets you excited yeah, about where you live and what you're doing. Bringing travel to you when you can't travel. These last two, like we talked about, mini trips and and friends and family are that same idea of are right, you can't take a big trip. That's totally fine, but bring it to you. Bring the excitement of travel to you. And having friends and family come is a great excuse for you, as Heather mentioned, to really start getting to know your area better. And I already mentioned it, but uh, Kevin, who I spent some time with in Chicago, it was awesome because here's a resident of Chicago, his family, he's going to come on and talk all about Chicago. We're going to do a Destinations Diary Chicago. And um, his family, he's grown up there. His family's been there forever. But for me, it was amazing because we just biked around and I got to know all about Chicago from a resident. And he got to get out and see a city and show someone around and go to places that maybe he wouldn't go to normally. And uh, we do that a lot when people come through Philly. So it's just a really cool way to help others have an awesome experience, but also get you out to having some really, really neat experiences. Um, so that's number 11, invite friends and family to come visit you and show them around the area that you're in. Number 12, and this kind of goes without saying, and hopefully you continue to do this, is listen to travel podcasts. What a novel idea. And you know, this could be read travel blogs or watch travel YouTube channels or travel shows, whatever it is. But when you can't travel or you're not traveling, have a listen to stuff. And, and you know, what I think is neat is I don't usually get quote unquote jealous. Like when I hear someone, you know, like who's going to these areas and we're at home and we're retiling a bathroom right now and people are like, oh, I'm going here. Um, are you kidding me? My sister's at the beach right now. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I shouldn't say I don't get jealous, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I guess what I, I'm still happy for those other <laughs> yes, people. Of course. So, I mean, I get it if, if you're, if you can't travel and you listen, you're like, oh, their life sounds so great. And, you know, you get wanderlust, but typically most travelers are, are really fun, like good natured people. So you're happy for the other people. So I've never had anyone say, oh, yeah, I want to listen to your travel podcast, but it gets me bummed because I can't do it. It's usually like it helps spur them on or or at least allows like, I don't want to say like a sliver of daylight in your dreary day because not <laughs> everyone's day is that bad. But, you know, like it, it kind of is... Um, it's just cool, and, and we've gotten good feedback, and I like listening to travel podcasts as well. So that's something you can do. Just immerse yourself in podcasts mm-hmm. or blogs or TV shows or whatever, and um, it's going to give you good ideas, too. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. And if your life is a little bit dreary <laughs> and you're looking for a change, you can use number 13 is use this as motivation for starting your indicator location independent lifestyle, which is obviously something that we really try to promote to other people because we love it so much. I mean, having the freedom to live anywhere you want, travel anywhere you want and like be your own boss is so exciting. And we are so happy and blessed to have this lifestyle. I mean, I feel really lucky to have this lifestyle where we can just, yeah, if we want to go on a trip, we can go on a trip anytime we want. So, yeah, they say like, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words or whatever. Well, an experience is worth 100 million words. And I'm going to 
you can put that on a poster <laughs> right now. Um, an experience is worth a hundred million words because typically what happens, you know, I could speak to him blue in the face about, oh, you should be location independent. You, you should try to do this because then when you could travel, live and work anywhere, it's just an amazing lifestyle. And like, if you haven't ever traveled, you're probably like, okay, cool. Well, no, it sounds like a lot of work and you know, this or that. But what happens is when people travel, they come back and they realize how awesome it is, like way more than they ever could from from hearing other people talk about it or reading about it. And they come back and people say, man, that was really awesome. I really loved that trip. I wish I could do it more often or I wish I could do it longer. I wish I could do it more on my own terms, like maybe your business traveling. Yeah, you could spend a day in a city on your own, but like three other days around business. You're like, I wish I could just like spend time in that city doing what I want. And so what we did, and, and this is kind of how our life progressed, right? We, we were living in Japan. We had no idea what we were going to do with our life. And we were in Japan and we just started traveling a lot more. We were visiting Thailand and Australia and all these parts of the world that we had never seen. And we got to thinking like, wouldn't this be neat if we could just do this? <laughs> Anytime we wanted. Yeah. We wouldn't have to worry about telling our boss that we needed to take a week off here, two weeks off there. And I mean, it was... Just so exciting. And I mean, Travis was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to start a travel website and tell people about frequent fire miles. And I was like, um, okay, whatever. I guess that sounds like it might work. I don't know. And I was like, I mean, of course I was supportive and he, we, he still had his regular job. And I mean, this is a story we've told a thousand times. You know what I mean? He didn't like quit his teaching job right away. He started, he dedicated two nights a week to like writing and starting up his blog and uh, usually every other Saturday or something like that. I mean, you had a pretty strict schedule on top of your normal right. job. And, you know, obviously that progressed progressed and what has it been four years now yeah four and a half years and and so that's travel is a great motivator so if you're coming home and you think man this was so amazing instead of coming home and sitting there and being like oh i wish i could do that oh well well i just i'm never going to be able to do it or you know this that use it as motivation and say okay i'm gonna i'm gonna figure out a way to make this work and that doesn't mean that you're gonna just drop everything and be come location independent and travel the world indefinitely, it can mean like, yeah, instead of taking two weeks off a year, you want to be able to take a month or two months or or whatever, work remotely some. So, you know, we talked about a, a lot about the location independent lifestyle. When I first started, I didn't even know that was a term, but now everyone knows that's a term. But use the trip and the travel and the and the feelings that you had from that, if you did have a good experience, which is you probably did if you're listening to this, use that as motivation for taking that next step, whatever that may be. And for a lot of people, we've seen that it is a step towards a location-independent lifestyle because once you get a taste of that travel bug, you think, man, I only have X amount of years on this earth. Who knows how long I have? You know, I want to spend as much time as possible doing stuff that I love. And if you love travel, you know, a lot of times having a quote unquote regular job might inhibit that. So use it as motivation instead of this, uh, I got the blues, you know, um, <laughs> use it as motivation to, to seek out something that you might enjoy more. And if all these 13 steps fail you and you still have the blues, the best thing you can probably do is last but not least, number 14, start planning your next trip. Yeah, I, that's if you come home and you think I've done this stuff and I'm still a little bummed out and, you know, it was just such an amazing adventure. Well, start planning your next one. Yeah. And whether that means it's going to happen in a couple months, whether that means you, you may maybe you only do take one week a year or two weeks a year. So maybe it's a whole year in advance. 
Start planning yeah, if you want. Pick a destination. Start researching that country. I don't know. Make a mood board. Start a Pinterest board. Do whatever it is that's going to get you pumped up about your next trip and your next adventure. Yeah. So those are the things that we do to try to beat the post-trip blues. All types of stuff from taking time to reflect, which I think is really, really important. You know, documenting your stuff, organizing your pictures. Um, I guess I'll just run through them to recap. Don't worry that 99% of people aren't as excited as you are. It's going to happen. Um, find other travelers and groups of people who are as excited as you. Join a group of people. Make food from that country. Implement a part of that trip into your lifestyle. Find a good book or a movie. Take mini trips. I love mini trips. Micro adventures, as Alistair Humphreys, a guest on this podcast, calls them micro adventures. Micro adventures. That's cool. Um, invite friends and family to visit your area and show them around. Listen to travel podcasts. Keep listening to the EPOP travel podcast, guys. Use this as motivation for starting your own location-independent lifestyle. And start planning your next trip. So that is how we beat the post-travel blues. Guys, if you want more great travel tips, tricks, cheap travel um, hacks, all that kind of stuff, how to use frequent flyer miles, everything that we talk about on the podcast, if you want more of that, remember, you can text PEANUTS. P-E-A-N-U-T-S to 33444. That's the best way to stay in touch with us. You'll be on our weekly newsletter list. We'll be sending out updates of what we're doing and all the great stuff that we have going on. Um, It's kind of like the hub for everything that is going on is that email list. So you can text peanuts to 33444. That'll through the power of technology right from your phone, automatically subscribe you and you'll start getting emails from us that way. Don't forget, if you want the show notes for this episode, you can go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash 234, episode 234. I don't know what's going to happen when we get to a thousand. We've got a little ways to go, (laughs) but that's going to be weird to say like slash 1021. I don't know. It's going to be strange. Yeah, that's pretty far Um, away though. It's pretty far. Um, And don't forget, you can get all the show notes for this episode. You can listen to any of our past episodes, all the other 233 at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods, P-O-D-S show notes. And you can listen directly from your computer. Of course, you can get on iTunes on Stitcher. Go ahead, leave us a review, leave us a rating. If you like the podcast, that always helps. Last but not least, don't forget, if you're looking for a good travel backpack, the one that I use all over the world with me, the one that I just took to Chicago with me was my Tortuga Air. You can go to tortugabackpacks.com. Use this special promo code that's only for EPOP readers and listeners. Put in EPOP, EPOP, all capital letters. That will get you 10% off your entire order. Whew. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. (laughs) Hopefully... You don't have the post-travel blues, but when you do... Now you know what to do. Now you know what to do. And maybe do a little singing. We should have said sing and dance, too. I would like to (laughs) sing and dance, even though I can't sing, as you well know. And can you really dance, either? I don't know. Open to interpretation, but singing's pretty bad. I didn't think I'd be uh, singing on this show. So thanks for sticking with it, even though you heard me sing at the beginning of the show. Thank you for the support, as always. That's a true fan. A true fan. Thank you for making us the number one rated (laughs) travel podcast on iTunes. I love your support, Heather. You're awesome. (laughs) And until next time. Happy free travels. I'll show you Paris soon.